I just freeze every time you see through me and it's all over you electric bluey <laughs> I hadn't done a song for a while it like has when been you a start bit. and mm. there's blue in the original song and then I change it to bluey yep and I like that I had to change the u to a ue cuz it makes it sillier Yui bluey all I know about that song is it's by the Australian band Icehouse formerly Flowers and it plays in shopping centres all the time. <laughs> Sign of a good anthem, isn't it? Right up there with uh, John Farnham and Jimmy Barnes. Uh-huh. Yep. You better believe it. From that, you know it just must be cheap. <laughs> it's just cheap to play that one. <laughs> the licence rights are not that expensive. <laughs> this episode of the Hammerbomb Project is called Lions and Tigers and Bears. Adoy. But I assure you, there's nothing electric about the apparatus used in this episode. But we'll get to that. What are we doing? Well, we're talking about Bluey. Who are we? I'm Brendan. This is Frank. And this is Muddy. And together, we are the Hammerbound Project gentlemen. And we talk about Bluey. That's what we do. That's what we do. This episode of Bluey is called Typewriter. Ding. <laughs> Ding. Stop. Uh, I love this episode. Yeah. It's it's the Terriers, isn't it, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to bury the lead, but it's the Terriers. We know you by now, Frank. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're the best, but even, we'll, and we'll get to the Terriers in it's, a second. It's the adventure of season two, I think. Mm. You yeah, know, like, yeah, like, like you're uh, right. Uh, yeah. We are talking season two. This is deep in season two, episode 49, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is they're very much on their game with what they're doing here. And this is another one of those, uh, bit like, uh, adventure, which I don't think we've covered yet on this show. No, we haven't. So maybe I should get, uh, the old, damn. Okay. That's not off to a good start here. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I said it first. I said it's the adventure of season oh, two. So and that's what I meant. I can lead you and you can have yourself with the role. I think we do it at the same time. Okay. That's fair. sort of like a high five. <laughs> With the, up well, hang on, no, then that's them hitting each other and we don't get the punishment. Uh, we'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out <laughs> after we do the very important thing and throw it to our main man, Marty. Bare bones, please. Usually what I have to do in this bit is, you know, come up with some ridiculous over-the-top uh, thing that this is, inverted commas, uh, uh, you know, an obvious homage to. Mm-hmm. But... It it is an homage to something pretty clearly. Did you guys get it? Is it fairly I, obvious or I, I there were a couple in my brain. Okay. Were were you gonna can I Wizard of Oz? Well, my you, my clue to, to listeners if you haven't figured it out is yeah. we're off to see Calypso. Yes, that's, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say, everybody. That's what I was gonna say. In fact, yeah. I'll edit it back in. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I'll put that in seamlessly before well, so it looks really, like I'm pretty guess. clearly referencing it. Like yeah, the um yeah. the music does the da 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 it's in a slightly yeah, different 100%. arrangement, but it's it's there and there's a couple of lines in there that just make you go twig especially when bluey says you know why don't you come too and you'll see if calypso can help you as well yeah but the thing that got me that it was really nice 
getting all the way to the end of the episode <laughs> immediately, mm-hmm. of course. But the typewriters behind that little uh, the curtain. Oh oh my it's gosh. behind the curtain, and the curtain wow, is wow, green, wow. so it's the yeah. same color as you know. Jeez. And the, for anyone listening at home, there's a classic uh, who hasn't you know doesn't remember it potentially as well as we do. Um, there's a classic sequence where it's like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, so it's the guy pretending the to green be you know, the all powerful yeah. Oz, and yeah, he's behind a green curtain. Oh, so man. that's just like a pay no attention nice to the man life. behind. The- <laughs> 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 but it just goes to show that like that seems so obvious to me now. Now, but with this show, you get because everything means more than one thing. Yeah, you, yeah. You, like I, I saw the typewriter as I mean, I don't want to ruin. I, I imagine you've still got more bare bones to go through there, Marty. No, yeah. not really. Was, no, no, that was know, not. Oh, ultimately, no, no. okay. So ultimately, the, well, I can do my actual bit where I actually yeah, go, do the actual bit, and then to be because about. what I'm going to say is in so, there. I'm the sure. listeners yeah, okay. want to hear. So it. it's an episode in which they're hanging out in school. Uh, Bluey seemingly loses the typewriter. The typewriter disappears that she was playing with. So she goes on an adventure and picks up a couple of her other classmates along the way to try and go see Calypso to resolve this problem. Ultimately, they find out that they have the things that they need all by themselves. Very a la mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz. Of, you know, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to be gifted with it. They have it themselves all along all along as if it were in a chest that they were sitting on by the (laughs) side of the road and that's what i mean like because you're like oh that's a callback to the story that calypso was telling about how the what they needed was in the chest that they were sitting on the whole time and you see that you think oh that's clever and then you completely well i completely miss the fact that it's behind a green curtain Mm. like (laughs) like the wizard of oz I do like the part how Bluey is, if we're going with his Wizard of Oz uh, motif, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word I was looking for. Yeah, um, why not? That she is basically the the Dorothy character. She's, oh, do you want to come with me? Yeah. Maybe this person at the end of our journey can solve all your problems. Yeah. And then much like the original, the problems are largely solved before they basically get to where they're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's actually because of Bluey. Like her, her explanation to Winton as to, oh, just go ask him a question. What question? Any question. Is he gluten-free? And then just Winton's self-actualization in that moment where he goes, is that why people are afraid of me? And Bluey's just not even making eye contact with him. She goes, yeah, probably. Like she just, it's, it's you know, see a spade, call it a spade type thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just brilliant self-awareness by her and, and Winton's. It's a great yeah. little sequence, isn't it? Because it's, the music starts and stops. I literally, we yep. just had a sneaky watch through before and all I could hear was the sound. And you can yeah. just hear when he's like, oh, okay. And the music starts up again and he's like, wait. <laughs> when the music what stops. Did you say? And you need yep. a little bit more each time. Yeah, this is becoming somewhat of an unintended tradition, but uh, I should let listeners. <laughs> but I should let the listeners in on it because um, you, well, Frank or I might have uh, not maybe done our homework in episodes mm-hmm. gone by, true, and we're true. like, "Oh, guys, do you mind? Um, I know we're already because, of course, Marty is in Sydney and we're in Adelaide, and so we're Marty's joining us uh, electronically, and so we kind of go, let's let's just watch it quickly." But, of course, Frank and I can watch it, but Marty can't really watch it with it. I mean, there's probably a way to do there it. Way, but, yeah. I mean, that takes extra time that we've already wasted by not Correct. doing our homework. And it's, uh, it's and so, much more fun. It's, it's much more fun because what we do is we have a split screen with uh, the episode we're talking about on one side just to give it a final run through. And then Marty, 
like the first time we did it, the Bluey episode took up the main page yep. and Marty was a little window, but we've learned, we've since learned, we, we, <laughs> we divide screen. the screen evenly between the entertaining uh, Australian children's television program and Martin's completely sightless, mm. uh, completely unaccompanied, because you can't see it. No. Uh, reenactment, Just a reenactment of, of the episode it's, based purely it's a on thing the sound. Of beauty, you know, and because <laughs> lag is a thing over the internet, the timing Marty almost factors in that, and so when he does his, oh, you know, like a shocked face, mm. depending on what happens on the episode, the timing's actually pretty spot it's on. It's Pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's it's quite the adventure. Not unlike this episode. <laughs> I love just in that bit, <laughs> that little exchange between Bluey and Winton. I imagine the sound recordists just have so much fun with the kids and their line deliveries and the takes they do because I could listen to that delivery from Bluey over and over like, I ask him if he's gluten-free. <laughs> and then she kind of falls off after gluten-free. Like yeah, it doesn't quite yeah. get to- yeah. It's just, it's the kind of vocal take- that you could only get if you're having fun yep. and, you, and you know what to look for. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a magical world being part of the making of this show must be. I think this must have been one of the f- earlier episodes that I saw because I remember laughing out loud at that mm. joke, at the gluten-free thing. Because mm, yeah. um, I was still getting my head into how switched on it was and just I wasn't anticipating those sorts of jokes so that one caught me off guard yeah so i have a good memory of that particular one well i'm sorry if you want to talk jokes now we have to talk about our friends the terriers my <laughs> friends the terriers. <laughs> you've because, been very oh my patient God. frank yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, waited, I waited a whole three minutes for this okay <laughs> they are just absolutely adorable and it's it's the bickering amongst themselves uh-huh. which becomes a trope sort of <laughs> later on going forward um, you know, it's the for Scotland because they're Scottish terriers. Yeah, uh, for Scotland. <laughs> oh, such and, a good and then line. They come, the English are approaching. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine how this gets translated in you know into territories like Scotland. I'm not sure if they would <laughs> change that at all. I, I'm not sure. A lot of them would probably like it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and then the <laughs> the bickering. I'm going to go, you know, into the forest after Snickers. How come you get to do it? Because you got to sit in a boot seat, <laughs> even though I said boot seat. <laughs> like, the justification is something to do with the car, yeah. like- <laughs> and the games that that those brothers must play. Yeah, and then, like yeah. that that one's actually not bad. You, t- it's kind of like you, you know, you fight with your brother and sister about who gets to sit in what seat, yeah, right? Before yeah, there's yeah. a clear order established, or there's a a favourite seat that you you would argue over. The follow-up one, though, <laughs> where it's like, I said, you got to sit closest to the tap, even though I said, close tap. <laughs> After you, we got you, home from Taekwondo. Uh, from from Jiu-Jitsu. And that's where you sit there and go, sit close to what tap? There's a tap in the car? What is it? I don't understand how this game works, <laughs> but I little, don't care. Those little details of kids, like, oh, of course, after we're coming home from jujitsu, like, it's such an unnecessary detail, but it makes, it situates so much of kids at that age and yep. the kind of things that parents have to run around taking their kids to Can gymnastics. Can you imagine and, those terriers and, doing jujitsu? Jujitsu and, and, uh, and little hockey and all I that. Want a, I want an episode, Joe Brown, if you're listening, I want an episode titled Jujitsu, and it's just the terriers. <laughs> 
areas. Oh man, <laughs> doing jujitsu and just the arguments. I'm that on board with that. <laughs> well, actually, you that don't even work, have to broadcast it; just send it straight to Frank. Send it straight You're to me. Yeah. <laughs> episode for one. Yeah. Well, there's an episode where we see, and I'm not going to name it for fear of the rolled up newspaper. But is there not an episode where we see Bluey in a karate outfit? Yeah, there is. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, happened yeah, to yeah, see yeah. it today, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, this is interesting. Maybe, maybe that's her jujitsu outfit. Maybe, mm. maybe she does yeah, jujitsu." You with, see, um, Joe, it writes itself. <laughs> Wait, we haven't mentioned Snickers, or oh, only very briefly. He's so what good. probably one of my favorite bits of this episode, apart from, of course, the sausage roll. Oh, <laughs> so epic! Which is like you know the the absolute crescendo of the episode. Yeah, it's a great thing of like. Oh, no, they've almost caught us. And then there's this thing that comes back around because we've already been told that Snickers is going to go away and do you know do what. Do the thing. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's great. But I, I love how it turns into a samurai film when they go into the- Oh, uh, <laughs> so good. And the music <laughs> yeah. during that music bit. The, it just turns on a dime and it's like this Eastern film soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like it. with a marimba, I imagine it would be like some <laughs> kind of- tuned percussion because it just sounds like bamboo like a massive bamboo marimba just to match the trees that he's hiding in yeah so so it becomes this sort of ninja scenario yeah running from tree (laughs) to tree holding his hat which is a great detail because his hat would project over the sides (laughs) yeah oh he's a clever lad snickers is the bomb oh snickers and he can't he can't see a sausage dog (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah the, the whole um uh uh, to use a Marty term, couplet between like Ooh, hating, there it is. hating that he's like, I hate being a sausage dog. It's the whole episode very much like Wizard of Oz mm. could be said to be a statement on, you know, you, you've got what you need. You've had what you needed all along. Yeah. Uh, and you went on this quest to see like Calypso's story, even though you might not have known that you had it in the chest. There you were. There it was. Mm, yeah. and even though Snickers might not have known that he loves being a sausage dog. He does love being a sausage dog yeah. when it might seem tricky because he can't sit upright and it takes him a little longer yep. to learn how to sit. Why? <laughs> because he's longer. Because, because he's, he's longer. a little longer. <laughs> yeah. and, longer. And, but Bluey had what she needed all along to be able to yeah. pretend to yeah. write a story um, she didn't really need. Sometimes you don't need the things you think you need. And in if, that if you case, got it inside you, I don't know. And in that case, it was Winton who gave Bluey the tool that she was after. Imagination. But I don't have a shield. We use this one. Yeah. Ting. Yeah. Well, or what's the, what's the noise? So there's the um, ping ping of the of the arrows, and then it's the shield. Padoing. Padoing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm padoinging them. <laughs> We're shooting pretend arrows at you. They're not real ones. <laughs> they're they're pretend, pretend real. Pretend real. <laughs> yeah. Can you-, you please pretend that they're pretend real (laughs) (laughs) that speaks to me as well the idea of fluctuating between real and pretend and things being because that's something with naomi maybe it was more of a stage less so now but you know you give her some water in a cup she's like no i want real water i'm like okay what's there's so many things that are pretend and you know you fake things and you fake but like real water, then beca- oh, you want cold water? Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> like right. fridge water, like Dad's having. Okay, all right. And then at some other point, you guys like, no, I want real cold water, and you're like, I have no idea what that. <laughs> I'm out. Out. It's kind of like it's something that I have, but it doesn't have the properties to which I aspire. Oh, so wow. could you get me the real one? How do you win at that game? <laughs> uh, you just level up and level up. <laughs> you just get used. Well, the rules to- keep changing. You change with them. <laughs> That's right. You're like. 
you end up in this really odd space where you don't know if you're playing or whether things are real or you just swallow blocks. You just like eating the blocks and eating the soft fake fruit. Or whether they're now trying to entertain you. Yeah. <laughs> now Marty's going to go like, oh, I'm thirsty. I might get a drink. Wait, do I get a real drink? What, what do I get the cold water? Naomi, <laughs> you're in my head. Like, you just end up yeah. getting this very real philosophical anymore? state of like, what, what is real? <laughs> is the imagination, is the concept of it real enough for me to... Uh, <laughs> Can't answer that. Padoing. Padoing. <laughs> and Calypso herself, if we're using our... I was about to say Alice in Wonderland. Motif? Not Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> motif of the other movie, which name Exquisite of Oz. I got there eventually. You got it. Uh, <laughs> for using that, she is arguably the man behind the curtain, to use that phrase. And she's just, she doesn't really do a lot other than point out the obvious that Bluey mm. hasn't quite mm. realised. You know, oh, that's in, a nice shield. Ding, ding. In true like, Calypso style, she does only, only only exactly what's needed yes yeah well put that's way better than what i said <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> i try it's uh well as a um pedagogical as a pedagogical technique it, it is this idea of like giving people it is much more meaningful if you have the chance to realize it yourself so it is yeah. just this very soft touch that she has in all these different instances to help people, mm. you know, build up the awareness or like come to the end point themselves. Mm. To to use a phrase that I just recently learnt, having listened to the uh, "Gotta Be Done" ladies, mm -hmm. um, uh, instead of being the what is it? Ah, uh, in, uh, in um, you learned it really well. I, well, I learned it really well. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, no, no! I've got to, I've got to. Come on, you get Oh, okay. Instead of being the sage on the stage, you're the guide on the side. Oh, oh yes. not bad. Isn't that yeah, good? The sage on the stage. Yeah, pretty classic. Who do, you one. who do you attribute that to? I don't know. <laughs> Mary brought it up, but I can't remember what she was well, referencing. The context, yeah. <laughs> uh, sage on the stage is a pretty widely used sort of thing of when you basically just lecture. You just talk to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And just expect people to absorb. But a side guide would uh, side give guide the subject an opportunity to learn for them. So, you know, yeah, that's so it. side guide's like an N NPC character, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, the like, side you know. Yeah, sure. To to use nerd language, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike me, who seems to not be able to use language at all. <laughs> it's the classic hero helper from uh, Joseph Campbell. If we're talking about adventure stories, anyone? <laughs> anyone? <laughs> Is this a and Jim I Henson thought you were thing? using nerd language? before <laughs> aren't typewriters just so cool they I don't are know. so did cool you, yeah like playing with old typewriters like yeah. I don't know this maybe I, I can never talk like this without sounding like the old man that I am <laughs> But just mechanical things and and yeah. tangible things yep. because my dad uh, he collects typewriters. He collects oh, wow. like old okay. typewriters, and he's got um all these old Remingtons and Olivers and and wow. all this stuff. And playing with them as a kid, it's any just, Olivettis there? Uh, any, uh... He, does he have an Olivetti? I think the Olivetti might have been a little bit too new for his tastes. <laughs> oh, because the Olivettis were really really hip in like the sixties. Sixties, yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, whereas um dad really loves the old. He, his favorite is this Oliver that was uh, like early twentieth century, I think. I I think I, I wonder what I wonder what one is in the episode. You know, you know who mm. has learnt a lot about um, Dad's typewriters. Yeah, 
my niece Isla. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all them, all my. They um, all love nib- Grandpa, right? Oh, yeah, mm. all my mm. nibblings just are fans of Grampy and his typewriters. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sure, and it's, it's something we haven't done in a while. You yeah, know, I haven't run with a friend and nibblings in a while. So if you don't mind, yep. is that all right? Let's do I'll it. I'll just give mm-hmm. Isla a quick call and ask her what she thinks about the typewriter and thing. Hello, this is Isla. Hey, Isla Bear, what's cooking? Oh, hey, Uncle Brendan. Not much, just helping Dad clean the pool so all your listeners can come over for a Christmas swim like you promised last year. Oh, awesome. Me and the Hammerbarn lads, we were just talking about the typewriter episode of Bluey. Oh, yes, of course. We're not in Kansas anymore. Or Adelaide, for that matter. I'm actually trying to pin down the typewriter model that inspired that one that Wooly has at the school. Yeah, like mm. what's what sort of era? I know it's a cartoon. It might not be a specific sort of one. So yeah, it would be- that's the tricky part. In classic Bluey fashion, they are capturing the essence of something, but purposely not going overboard with the details. My guess would be mid-20th century. Just going for the uniform outer casing. It's certainly not an upstrike, as visible writers were well and truly standard by then. Mm, okay. Interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, sure. a, that's a hot take. Can you remember if there are levels both sides of the platen? No, I didn't. I didn't see. I'm sure there isn't. That definitely rules out a grasshopper jump action. I am inclined to think it mostly represents models found between the mid-50s and mid-70s. You have, of course, the Italian Olivetti. There are some good contenders in their catalogue, not to mention... It could be a German Olympia of the same era, but while I'm still taking suggestions, the closest that I've found so far comes from the American Smith Corona brand. Something around the module 88 from 1953 with the front facing RMBS selector. Ah, well, there, you, uh, there you go. Okay, okay. straight that's from the why, experts. That's why I called you. <laughs> Look at that. In fact, the Smith Corona Company was born when manufacturers L.C. Smith and Corona merged in 1926. And Grampy actually has both an L.C. Smith and a Corona machine from their single days. And get this, yeah? Smith Corona went on to produce a typewriter called... Wait for it. The Calypso. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I never would have guessed. How did you... Uh, attention to detail. I, I love I, it. I, they, you continue to surprise me, Isla. Mm. Just trying to help an uncle out. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. She's a cool kid. Uh, how do they do it? I don't know. There's kids in these know. details these days. I it's... may never know. 
typewriters for me as well are for a real life thing because we were yeah we used to um have one at home i think it was like mum's old one or something like that and getting to do like you know early story writing and stuff like that and doing it on the typewriter which was so much fun because it is incredibly tactile the chuk 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 paching sort of yeah. parts of it and it has to be. I'm going to have to bring up my nerdy typewriter fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you know this one, Brendan? This one might I, be. A- I might. Ask me in, in a form of a question and <laughs> see if I get it right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what What's the thinking behind the arrangement of a QWERTY keyboard? I believe that it is separating the commonly used letters in terms of their levers so that letters that often got used, weren't arranged in the levers in the fashion that one would smash the other one and get snagged I on the levers. I thought it was that they had less distance to travel. So it's your vowels, for example, that okay. they're, are they're relatively central. So they the levers don't have as far to go right? because right. they're used more often, which is why Q's on the edge and Z is in the far corner, right. for example. Nope. Oh, come on. <laughs> it sounded good. I'm going to go with Brendan. Actually. I convinced myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did well. I'm sure you convinced some listeners as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, the version well. of the fact that I know is that um, QWERTY is by design inefficient because if it yep. was too efficient, fast typers would be jamming the arms the together. The arms together, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's other keyboard styles like the, I think it's Dvorak keyboard which is actually more efficient yeah. if you're just using a computer keyboard but yeah, yeah. qwerty just became the standard so yeah it's really yeah. interesting the way that like the mechanical part of it ultimately impacted yeah by the time the electric typewriters rendered the need for separating them yeah. uh obsolete the, all the typists had already so internalized yeah. Yeah. the, the qwerty system yeah. and, and they wanted to keep the status quo mm. And I say status quo because um, did you know that you can type the word typewriter mm. on a typewriter using entirely keys from the top row? And um, the only correct. letters yeah. left spell out quo. <laughs> and so I tried to be tricky Did you there. research that? See, I, I, see, I, so. I knew that from playing with typewriters. And then I remember that quo is left. And so I thought I'd try and sneakily sneak the term status quo. And I probably did it kind of incorrectly, but I thought it might be a bit of fun. <laughs> and so I thought I was taking this into a weird, nerdy sidebar. But, Who, you who's know. the nerd now? Oh, you, you were, and I was threatened by it. And so I had to one-up you. So you just had to, like, take me out. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Good, I had to improve right. well, my you know, nerdulous I see your weird direction, and I... <laughs> around Alex transfer variation. Oh, you hear that mumbling going on? I'll enter a little bit of after-the-fact commentary. This is Brendan talking about what the listener is no doubt wondering about what's going on. Frank and Brendan are currently reading the backside of the uh, notepad that Marty is perusing, and he's holding it up to his screen. And uh, we can see the other side, so we started to mumble what was written on there to freak him out. And oh, yep, he's he's really freaked out. And he's turned the page. He, he just turned the page over, and he's realised that we were being very silly. Just making sure there isn't anything in- incriminating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, that a, is that my address? And when I go to sleep, uh, that's all I've got. I haven't got anything else. It's like reading the other side of Marty's brain, not the bit that he presents, <laughs> the backside, the side that no one was ever meant to see. <laughs> I'll read you on the backside of the moon. The moon, in this case, 
is Marty's head. It's nice to see that we're on the same page, even though we're on the like opposite. <laughs> <side>. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. We're not okay. using any of that, right? I hope not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it works. Hey, if the season three Bluey can get as meta as oh, it has, dude. then we can. <laughs> yes, you're right. Though. I love it. But, I mean, I'm going to go. I know what, what's going to happen, fellas. I'm going to go back and watch this episode and go, oh, I missed that and I missed that mm-hmm. and I missed that. So, what were the big hits for me? Like, what an adventure. The music is incredible. Yes. It's mm. such a good time. The terriers are amazing. They're guarding the bridge. Like, is that another reference to Billy Goat's Gruff or Trolls or something it that I missed? Like because yeah. They because do sit under just, the bridge at one point. It's, so, just yeah. like a que- it's just like a quest story. Yeah. Like, in high school, I can remember this sort of thing because all my brothers and sisters- well, I've got three older brothers and sisters and three younger brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And um, having them in the years above me, I saw them do this quest story assignment in like one of the years of English. Sure. And there were like things to hit, like you had to have, I don't know, a dragon. And um, there was one hurdle that the hero overcame. And, mm-hmm. and there, there, were, yeah. there were obstacles and, and there were fixed ones, like it was a, a, a wise old sage and then a, a, a hedge maze. And you could stick to them exactly or you could do your own thing. But I should just remember them doing it and getting excited to be able to do it and do it. And anyway, that's what I think of when I think of like quest stories and, and you've got the hero and they hit the obstacles. and they, It's just, it works because it's a tried and tested recipe. Cool. <laughs> As discussed by Joseph Campbell in Hero with a Thousand Faces. Okay, that's around our time to... <laughs> we, uh, when Martin started... No, I, actually, I'm actually... I know I, I did that because I think it's funny, but I'm really interested. To, do, do you actually have a point to make about this guy? Because it sounds interesting. It, basically what you just described. I know, the I guy, razz you The up. guy who researched figured out that, you know, most myths around the world have a common structure involving the sorts of things that yeah. you just mentioned Uh, so that's why it's a hero with a thousand faces the stories are told in so many different ways um but ultimately they have you know the hero helper the sage the you know traveling to the other side where and then they come back around so yeah it's a great book it's pretty classic um it's a monomyth is the other is the sage on a stage Mm. (laughs) not usually no they're in a forest somewhere yeah Mm. These days, these days, the sage isn't so much on a stage; they're the green on a screen. Ah! Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hate how much I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, Calypso is the true guide on the side. I Hell think. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Oh, what a just what a good time this episode. Bluey's a really good show, guys. Yeah, I think after forty something odd episodes, we can agree to that. This is our fortieth, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, Number forty. Yeah, this is our, this is our fortieth episode. Hey! Hey! Not not quite time to raise the bat just yet, but we're, we're getting <laughs> no, there. No, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> oh, now I'm nervous. <laughs> well, we're getting close to fifty. Don't and- get out before fifty, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, getting a bit. Uh. Well, thank you, Ludo, for another freaking awesome episode of Bluey. Thank you, gentlemen, for another episode of our podcast. No problems, Brendan. You're welcome. And thank you, listener, for joining us here. Aisle 300. Left of the fake grass. And if you hit a flamingo, you've gone too far. For Scotland! For Scotland! (laughs) Badoing. Created.
edited and produced by Frank Brennan and Marty. You can follow the Hammerbarn Project on facebook.com slash hammerbarnproj at hammerbarnproj on Twitter or hammerbarn underscore project on Instagram. Theme featuring Nibblings, Kaylee, Jade, Ashley and Reese and PA announcements by brother-in-law, me, Josh. Thanks for listening and remember to get down to Hammerbarn for cheap shovels. Yeah.